Oh. <laughs> Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast that you've always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. And by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Hey yo. And I'm pointing down, thinking that's where the video is gonna have you placed, but I don't know if that's actually true or not. I think he I think he's James? in the bottom right and I'm in the bottom left yeah. near the top, so it's like a pyramid. All right, so I was pointing down correctly, I guess. I was actually also trying to look directly at the camera as I did that intro, and um, I don't know if that actually came out well or not, but we're going to find out because we're, uh, we're, you know, experimenting with video today. I don't know if it'll even be posted or not, but <laughs> we're experimenting with a video option today because the show is growing by leaps and bounds, and we thank you very much for all the support on social media at 43.6. And as mentioned, it's a sports podcast centered in the toronto landscape but we talk about a whole lot of different things some of those things today will be kevin durant the boston bruins jonathan huberto hockey canada sort of we'll t- briefly touch upon that and something that we have been talking about or at least i have been talking about for a number of weeks and we've never really had time to talk about it so we think at some point today we may have time to talk about it rules when purchasing a jersey and i think all three of us have a different a set of rules that we probably follow when we are making these decisions and they're not insignificant decisions these are not cheap things that we buy and as you can see there are you may be able to see there's three of them hanging behind me right now and there's a lot more of those where those three came from but before we get to all that first we'd like to talk about what's going on in our lives so it's been a week since we have done a show we post one of these wonderful episodes every week on your favorite podcasting platforms and in that time i'm sure life happened so james what has been going on in your life uh you always make me feel so like insignificant when you're like i'm sure things go on and then i'm like uh not much is going on um i don't know man yeah it's fucking hot dude it's like a russian bathhouse out here i swear to god i'm surprised there aren't literally 60 year old 70 year old men dudes just walking around in towels and flip-flops like it feel that's what it feels like like when i used to go to the gym at good life fitness young and chef back in the day crack a sauna after the workout yeah bless up it's gone now but uh it was the it was the spot back in the day um every time i took a a post-workout sauna it was just like overweight russian dudes completely naked just Old just balls. dunking water on the rocks just steaming that bath right up and like gold chains and i'm like those gold chains like i don't know if you you've saunaed before right dustin i have never been in a sauna no what the fuck dude how have you not saunaed you go for why would steep? i want to go in a hot sweaty stinky room it's what you come out after it's the freshness yeah. after Anyway, it opens up your pores. It opens up your pores. Um, if you wear if you wear jewelry in a sauna, it gets hot real quick, and it's like, oh, yeah. like depending on how to get, it can burn. Like these guys are just in there with their gangster gold chains, like mafioso, whatever. And yeah, man. So I'm surprised I haven't seen them wandering the streets of North York uh, with their pearly white chest hair, just sweating sweating buckets because it is humid as fuck out here <laughs> the pearly white chester got me <laughs> yeah that, that that's the line. that was the build-up that was everything was just to get to that point 
the pearly white chest hair but because now you know now you know you have the full scope of the vision of what i experienced but yeah i've just been trying to stay cool man i have a pool i've never used it i probably should but you know i like work is busy and being like a dad is it keeps you busy so you know my kids like into video games now so she's playing like a lot of switch and we played sackboy's adventure for playstation sackboy's big adventure she really digs that so yeah have you tried anything out on game pass like my niece was over a little while ago and we were playing like the paw patrol video game yep. and the uh, peppa Beat pig that. video game and stuff she, like that so we just started peppa but we mashed the shit out of the two paw patrol games she's beaten two mario well she we have beaten two mario games um she likes kirby um she's all she's all about pokemon now so she's collecting pokemon cards she, she's like nice she wants scarlet yes. she wants pokemon scarlet when it comes out um, so are you gonna get violet and she'll play scarlet you'll play violet no fuck no like how she's that's a, that's a significant waste of eight ninety dollars for a four-year-old um we'll just play through one of them together so uh yeah i don't know man those are some like big decisions now yeah because your well, yeah. pokemon crew that you have like in your your party or whatever like those are that's important yeah and if she's I mean, gonna be goofing around with like jigglypuffs and stuff <laughs> meanwhile you're trying to like build a real roster listen we knew the, kids. the end game with a magic carp <laughs> we <laughs> knew the kids that were the good ones in high school by the the starter you chose right oh, yeah. like it was charmander or squirtle that was the if you chose a bulbasaur you're fucked yeah, okay. you're, a, you're a fucking loser. Uh, I'm Charmander. I, I mean, you, you can see the Charmander on the yes. back shelf. There. Yeah, definitely Team Charmander. Although I grew up uh, a Pokemon Yellow kid, so yes, Pikachu. I didn't have that around. choice. I, I was just given to Pikachu. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Pikachu is all right. Which I know a lot of people say, Charmander. Is it Charmander? They say is hard mode because who's the first boss? It's it's Brock. It's so Brock. if you have Squirtle, it's easy mode. Bubble Beam. Yes. one shot. Yeah, but. It is significantly more difficult on Pokemon Yellow when you have to face Brock first. Yes. And all you have is this electric mouse. And you're like, I can't do anything. I have to level up my, my Pidgey to a Pidgeotto before I can finish that. Electric boss. mouse sounds like the most bootleg, like indie rock, like opening for the Arkells, electric mouse. I was going to say cover band of some kind where they just do like covers of Canadian punk rock bands. So they just, do like it's Alexa an Arkells cover band that opens for the Arkells. It's just the electric mouse. Just Billy Talent covers. I was thinking <laughs> Modest Mouse, actually. Yeah? I, I was thinking Dead Mouse, so we're all, yeah, there we're you all go. somewhere. That's it for me, man. I'm That's it for James, all right. <laughs> Matt, how about you? Uh, yeah, no, like slowly building out the office that i have here where i record i know when i first got here it was literally my desk my pc and that was all that was in here like legitimately that was all that was in here so now i'm starting to get you know my shelving in here i'm starting to move over all my collectibles um and stuff that's going to be going up so i'm kind of working on that this week um also uh wifey and me booked our trip to korea in mid-september so Going to be going to Seoul. Going to be going to, I think the team is called the Lotte Giants. Um, it sounded Italian when he said that. I know, right? <laughs> Lotte. Um, Lotte Giants. Yeah, Manja so Lotte. we're going to go to the last uh, game of the season for them before playoffs. They um, playoff team? Uh, I don't know, because that's what I, I asked that to the, to the wife. I was like, hey, 
if we don't make this game, which we're going to make it, but it's more of like, say if just something happens and, you know, we get delayed or, you know, other plans come up, can we go to a playoff game? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, but you said they're your favorite team. She's like, yeah, I grew up, you know, watching them. And she went to games when she was really young. And then when she went back to teach for a couple of years, um, she would go to the games and stuff like that. So I was like, this is details. You got to figure this out. Like, I have no idea about Korean baseball other than bat flipping in Korean baseball league is the greatest thing on the planet. <laughs> so I better see some bat flips when I go. But um, yeah, so we're going to catch that. But no, that's that's pretty much how my week's been. Also, I mean, I talked to Jim about this. And I'm sure you probably saw on Twitter, Dustin, my displeasure with Bell. Um, I don't I've ha- think okay. I did actually. I've had a Bell Tech out here since I moved three times in no four times in three weeks. They just sleep there now. Yeah, I did see on Discord you complaining about like a tech coming in and stuff, but like I didn't see the whole so, premise of what happened. First guy comes out, installs the internet, works great for like three days, cuts out. I call Bell and I'm like, hey, what's going on? They're like. Well, we can't get a tech out there till, you know, a day and a half from now. And like 12 to 5 is like, so five hour window. And I was like, every time I've had a tech come out previously and I get the 12 to 5, the dude shows up at like 2 to 5. He's there till like 9 o'clock at night. And I feel like I got to have this guy for dinner now. And I just want to tell him to fuck off. <laughs> right. So I, I was like, no, that's unacceptable. I was like, my wife and me both exclusively work from home. We don't have home offices to attend. So I was like, no, this, this can't happen. So they're like, Sorry, we can't do anything, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, whatever. The guy came, you know, like two days later, fixed it. Fine, cool. Then about a week later, it goes out again. And I'm like, what the shit's going on? So I called him back and I lost it. And I was sad. I was like, no, this is unacceptable. They're like 12 to 5 tomorrow's the earliest we can do. I was like, no, I lost a day of work already before for this shit. And I was like, figure it out. And so after three hours on the phone, they finally were able to get me someone to come out at like 9.30 the next day. Then... A week later, it goes out again. And at this point, I'm just like, I, I can't even walk by a Bell store without wanting to just grab a random dude. Be like, you're going to be <laughs> the vessel for my anger. Come here, bitch. You're my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The baseball. You're, you're going to live with me in my basement. I'm going to chain you up down there. And anytime my internet goes out, you're just going to come upstairs, fix it. And I'll so- toss you some fish heads. Would you rather have Rogers out for 24 hours at once or your Bell out for 24 hours over three separate occasions? Oh, Bell for sure. It's a much superior internet. But like, the thing is, it's just frustrating. This is what I said. If it went out on like a Saturday, I wouldn't care. I could go out, find shit to do, whatever, until the guy shows up and then I could hang out. He'll fix it. The fact that like I'm losing work time because of it is what really triggered me. Park yourself right. at a Starbucks. You practically live there. I can't because all my I can't do meetings from Starbucks. I sign NDAs for all my work. So what I can't that like headphones I, on. Seventy five percent of my work is all meetings and phone calls. Yeah. Blur your background. Doing that in no, Put I don't go on camera. On. I can't have them see all this. No work <laughs> would get done. Well then you don't have to NDA shit. You're good, man. But yeah, like it's just so finally it went out again. And then I, again, this time I just, I absolutely lost my shit. And I told the guys like, someone's ass is going to be getting out here tomorrow morning. First thing, or like, I'm going to walk down to bell. I'm going to grab a dude and I'm going to fucking like string him up or some shit. 
So they worked some shit around. They got a guy out here and they finally told me what the problem is or was. So Bell's, I guess, structure works on whenever they install fiber to a neighborhood or a street or a block, they put the pole and then every house essentially has a node, right? It has a switch port. So like it say, Dustin, you are on my street and you're like, I want to upgrade to Bell or I want to get Bell. They would send a tech out, plug the line into the one that's dedicated for your house and run the line in. Turns out what happened was the first guy that came out, plugged it into someone else's house port. So when they upgraded the internet, he just unplugged mine and never plugged it back in to like another port because he's like, well, this is in this person's port, plugs it in. The next guy that came out said, oh yeah, yours was just unplugged and he plugged it back in. And then the guy, the next tech did the same fucking thing and unplugged my thing. And I was like, so why are these assholes plugging it in to a wrong port? That's not my house. So the guy that came out today, he was like, no, 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 this is what I did. I plugged it in. And he was like, I put a label maker and he said, do not unplug. <laughs> so Damn it. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. And so you that know what was happened like the- to that label? It caught fire. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's going to melt and start a and, fire. It's like, yeah. Hey, it's across the street. It's the, the, the guy across the street's fire if it happens. So but yeah, that's been my past couple of days. So getting career ready and literally wanting to bitch slap the shit out of everyone at Bell. I I don't want to pray for technical issues for this show, but I think it would be hilarious. And at oh, some point during this show, cuts out. your internet cut out. He just disappears. Oh, honestly, no, because then you said it, you will become the vessel of my anger. <laughs> I will drive out to your house. <laughs> I'll kick the He's... door down and I will shit all over that Simeon jersey. <laughs> uh, not the, Sem- the Marcus Simeon. It's the baby blue. It's the nicest one that stands out. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit more about jerseys later today because I think there's there's legs to that conversation. What, so about, what you? about your week? So my week on Saturday, I was at another Argos game and I saw Brad Myers there and he was dressed in a Hamilton Tire Cats jersey. So I couldn't associate with him. He, said, he, goes, he sends me a message. He's like, wish you were here. I was like, I don't. <laughs> I was like, I don't like the Tire Cats. He was like, boo. And I'm like, Okay. First of all, A, why would anyone like CFL football? And B, why would... We went over this last week. Like, CFL is not that bad. (laughs) They just do a shitty job of presenting it. Yeah. They make it seem like a sub-college level type product when they shouldn't. Like, everything just seems so bootleg. Yeah. Including their There's definitely a lot of ways they can improve that league, but... We yeah. won't delve into that yeah. because I think we've covered it a number of times on this show. Um, but Sunday night, I was in London, Ontario for Smash Wrestling, the return of Smash Wrestling, which James, I'm sure, is very thrilled about. <laughs> and <laughs> it was a good time. It was, it was nice Dude, to see a bunch of people I haven't seen in a long time. Jason Newstead doesn't hate Metallica. He just doesn't want to play with him. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> You know, it's not it's not anything like that, right? If Metallica doesn't make the music that Jason Newstead likes, why the fuck would he play bass in Metallica? No, I understand your yeah. yeah, I know, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, so you're at London for Smash. I'm just saying, it was yeah, it was a good show. It was a fun time. Um, I think Mike Bailey is incredible, and that guy has the world ahead of him right now. And he had, had doubters. Not... He had doubters. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
and that's the crazy thing is you'd be surprised at, at who his doubters were um and now uber successful well and he would have been successful a lot earlier if it wasn't for his uh previous border issues like yep. he basically lost five years of his career um you know to to border troubles but the guy's always been like ridiculously talented and it's good to see him get his quote-unquote comeuppance or i guess not comeuppance because that would be bad right i i, I don't know but I, I know get, what you're trying to say like, it's good to see that he finally gained the recognition that he deserves uh, it's cool and um alex shelley is really cool i'm glad uh alex shelley was there and he Wait, looks alex, like the nicest i was gonna say alex shelley was there Oh yeah, yeah legit. Like when he was in ROH, I think it was when we were part. Like when we went. Like he was legit one of my favorite like wrestlers in ROH. Yeah, man, Alex Shelley was co- super cool, dude. And kick me in the face. Uh, what's once. always weird to me is like, and I didn't tell him this because that's weird. But like, I know I have a huge in, crush on you. <laughs> no, but I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame you if that's the case. But it's good, good looking, looking, dude. dude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I have like a, I have a Murder City Machine Guns T-shirt like in the closet somewhere. I have a Alex Shelley T-shirt in the closet somewhere. None of them fit anymore. But like I have these T-shirts because as a kid, or maybe not as a kid, like as a last very week. young adult. Last week I was a very big Alex Shelley. Last week, <laughs> yeah, I was a very big Alex Shelley fan. So it's always funny when you do events like that where like you're on this card with like guys you grew up watching, and now you're kind of not really but kind of peers like in some it, realm of possibility it ruined like any sort of celebrity for me like it the day the day that i started working as an intern for aftermath i once had an interview with one of the developers from 2k his name is brian williams really cool dude and i was super nervous as fuck doing it at fan expo and then uh and then i met kevin owens and he was like so cool and like such a great dude that it ruined and then working in smash ruined celebrity for me like i like fucking tom cruise could like walk at my door and be like do you want something to drink like it just it like i don't know it once you get over that it's just game over like it just doesn't matter i don't know you may be right but at the same time and i think it's just different by person because like i never had that i don't think like anytime i ever you were never starstruck by anybody like you never i don't no no i don't think so and maybe that's just me having like a very high level apathy towards anyone <laughs> but like I, I don't know if it, if that's what it is or it's just me as a person that's never i've never felt star like there's not I a musician just, you would have run into like i don't know honestly so when i was in college and like so i would have been 20 19 maybe so relatively young and at the time my favorite band was finger 11 and you can laugh all you like. Finger Eleven was awesome. Okay, okay. The, the the first Finger Eleven album, Tip, was amazing. Grace of Blue Skies, incredible album. Third album, eh, not not as good anymore. And then by the fourth album, I kind of stopped listening to them. But those first two albums were incredible. Anyways, um, I went to Humber College for radio broadcasting. I think this may have been when I was at Humber College for something else. It doesn't matter. Finger Eleven was playing there during like Frosh Week or whatever, and. I was on my lunch and I was just went outside eating my sandwich and just watching like the crew set up the stage for the show that was happening later that night. And five minutes later, you see the lead singer Finger Eleven just walking towards me. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, hey, hey, Scott, how's it going? Can I have a picture? He's like, yeah. 
cool. I took a picture and he walked away and I went back to my sandwich. Like that is probably the, the largest. Right. Like, I, but it's still, I still talk to him like a normal human being. I'm like, Hey Scott, how you doing? I'm Dustin. Would, can I take a picture with you? He's like, yeah, cool. And that, that was the, the extent of the interaction. Hmm. Yeah. But no, maybe that's so because I've never met like a super famous person. But I don't AJ know if Styles. I would care to be honest. Like, AJ Styles is pretty famous. I guess, but like I, I, but even in those situations, and you can attest to this, James. Like a lot of times, when you're on a wrestling event with other like famous wrestlers or whatever, there's so, rarely so a time where you have an, uh, like an opportunity to have a real conversation with the person. Like, so you're usually it's like, yeah. "Hey, man, I'm Dustin. Nice to meet you. Cool." And yeah. you move, go on with your. How life, much you weigh? Right? See ya. <laughs> right, like where are you from? How much you weigh? Anything else you want? Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Unless it's one of those scenarios where like you have to pick them up from the airport or something and like you're driving to the town together. So there's been a couple of times where oh, like, yeah. I don't know, off the top of my head, like I remember Cody Rhodes when he came in, I was responsible for picking him up. So that was cool because Cody's also a big Metal Gear, Metal Gear fan. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Metal Gear for a while. Like We talked about almost everything but wrestling, which was always interesting. Like anytime you have that conversation with a wrestler, like, you know, you can always fall back on like, let's talk about wrestling. But I like to at least have a conversation with them about non-wrestling shit. Like, let's just figure out, like, what else we have in common. And more often than not, you have a lot in common with these guys because they're just wrestling nerds like we are. Yeah, Or they're just people that like to do other shit, especially guys that are on the road so much. A lot of them are going to be gamers, guys that trying to kill time, you know, playing shit on the road on a bus or some shit. I find that I probably, you know what? I lied. I would still kind of get starstruck. It's not starstruck, but it's like... With that kind of stuff, or if it's just, like, as a part of everyday shit, it's not like, oh my god, they're so-and-so. But if, like, I was like, I'm gonna go get this dude's autograph, I feel kind of like... Like, that happens to me sometimes with comic creators, it's like... I feel kind of like... Like a nerd. Not like a nerd, like, as in, like, a good nerd. I mean, like, hey, sir, can I please have your auto... Like, it's just, it's weird, right? Like, it's... You know... Like, I'll tell you this right now, Okay. If you guys got the chance to meet someone like even in public, like at a Starbucks and it was the rock get fucked. You guys would be starstruck. Like go fuck yourselves. You guys would be. I, don't, I honestly, no, I, don't I don't think I would. I don't think I would because, and be, oh, I understand what you're, what you're trying to say because the rock is like one of the biggest stars in the world. But like with that wrestling lens on it, I would probably approach him like any other professional wrestler. Okay, ever Henry Cavill, that dude, if I met him in person, I'd probably <laughs> turn gay. No, I, no. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I it's care. Honestly, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if there's anyone that I care enough about. Like if I think of my, my favorite actor, like I'd have to think about who it was and maybe it's Christian Bale. I don't know if that's the answer or not, but if it was like, do I care about meeting Christian Bale? Not really. That's the thing. I don't I know. Say, I don't know anymore. I don't think it was really cool meeting Jim Lee. For me, that was a big one. Right. And I feel really bad because I got to meet him and Jim was doing something else. My gym, this one here, was had to I forget what you had to do. I was in line I, for someone else. Oh, I'm yeah, Googling I'm Googling Jim Lee right now. Okay. Because so. he was in line for someone else. And then but they had a thing where you could drop off stuff for Jim Lee to sign and he would come by and sign it. It wasn't like a lineup and like picture op thing or whatever. So he dropped it off. He's like, hey, but you have to pick it up by this time. So when I went to pick it up, he was there and he was like just heading out. And I was like, holy shit, it's Jim Lee. And he's drawn my favorite iteration of Green Lantern, who's my favorite superhero. 
and some of my favorite images of other heroes like superman batman some Dude, of the, the most 90s x-men are because oh, of jim lee's artwork yeah so and i was like yo and i stuttered for a sec and i'm not one who's typically lost for words or hard to come by for words and shit like that but i was legitimately like jim lee big fan yeah <laughs> he's like thanks and he's a really small dude so like i'm towering over this guy you have this like six one dude who's like standing next to five 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 six jim lee and who's like eh, jim lee big fan and he's like thanks and he's just like walking away like, that was a cool moment because that's childhood for me right i also think i feel somewhat like weird because you're in a group of people and like you don't know what you're gonna get from those people right like some people are just like hey man thanks for the autograph some people are like can i get a picture and then they just start talking for like 15 minutes with these people like do you remember an issue 232 about or like oh. a sports guy or like you remember that game in 1994 where you like and there's like oh my god and then, and then you're sitting there going like oh my god and you can see the person's face like get this fucking person away from me and then you're the next guy so you don't you don't want to be any part of that guy because that guy just had to deal with that guy and you're like oh i don't want to be that guy so it's funny you say that because i think anytime i've kind of met someone famous ish or famous I've always defaulted to something that isn't the industry they're in. So it's always been like, um, like talking about, so like if it was a musician, I'll talk sports. And then if it was a sports person, it'd be talking like video games or comic books or movies or some shit. Like, I'm just like, you know, Hey, you Shoot the fan shit. of this or mm-hmm. yeah. Just cause I'm just like, they probably get so much of it from the neck beards and the fucking like pimple face fucks every <laughs> every convention or anything they ever go to or like like say a sports card event if there's a signing for a guy there or he's just hanging out and you can talk to him for like five minutes you know every guy's like oh what is the story about the time you scored this or that and yeah. he's probably just like yo man i just really want to get the fuck out of here and go watch like sandman season one it just came out on netflix also fantastic by the way um and he's probably just thinking of that shit and he doesn't want to go over the same shit over and over and no. over and over the worst are probably female celebrities. Oh yeah, because you get the, the amount of stuff they have the to go through. Fox, who yeah. are just like, oh, I'm breathing your air. <laughs> They're just bottling did you, your air. Did you, you see the pictures from this, this weekend where Sasha Banks was doing an autograph signing, and like all the pictures she took was like her and like someone six feet away from her. Yeah, I have COVID. Can you imagine Dude, going COVID to an was the best thing. COVID was the best thing to happen to female celebrities. <laughs> you just put a mask on. Oh, yeah. Be like, I'm not feeling well. You better stay six feet away. Or right? they can say, hey, I got to travel a lot. I can't afford to get sick. You stay six feet away. But there's like, there's you see these pictures like cringe. Or like, what about the people that show up at airports? Or like, well, someone's what eating at a restaurant. What about the TikTok video? The autograph yeah. hunter where the guy like elbowed the kid in the head. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, I guess, again, you, you see these things and you just, you really don't want to be that guy. And I think that's like, like people like us who are relatively socially aware. And I mean, some people aren't and that sucks, but you know, you try and be, (laughs) try and be aware of somebody else's discomfort and don't replicate it. I know we're off on a little tangent here, but it's interesting because like, that's what, that's what, that's what the show is. So, um, did I ever relates to sports? Did I ever tell you this? Did I ever tell you guys the story of. I don't know if I told on the show or not of when I was l- staring at someone for far too long at BMO field. <laughs> what? <laughs> I never tell the story. Who? Just, and why? Okay, so 
Okay, so here's here's what happened. When? Um, this is this was a few years ago, probably like um, I don't know, like four years ago, five years ago. And I was working there at the time. I think this is when I was in food and beverage. So this is like years ago when I was working the food and beverage team. Um, so I, when you go into like the back of BMO field, it's like this weird, like, it looks like a warehouse almost. Can you call it the F and B department? Kind of like R and D, but it's food and beverage. So call it F and B. I mean, we do call it, did I, did I call it F and B or did I, I called it food and beverage? You call it food and beverage, but I was like, you should call okay. it F and B. Well, they do actually call it F and B. So I, I was wondering if like I needed to correct what <laughs> I said there. Okay. Yes. So I worked in F and B. And I was, go- I went up the ramp and I think I was waiting at like near these warehouse doors for something. I don't even remember what I was doing. I was off in a daze or whatever. And I looked down the hallway and I see this guy and I'm looking at him thinking to myself, where do I know this guy from? And it can be from anywhere, right? Because I have mm-hmm. a regular full-time job. I've worked in God knows how many restaurants and serving people all the time, like hundreds of people every day and working in professional wrestling where like there's so many like fans that you've met or like wrestlers you've met or like promoters or, or whatever. Like there's so many people I've met in over the course of my life. Right. So like, I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, how do I know this person? Where have I ever seen this person before? He looks so goddamn familiar. And then after like, what seemed like a very long time, I realized to myself, I've been staring at this guy for way too long. And then we had that moment where he looked over at me now, and now we locked eyes. I'm like, shit. And I look away. <laughs> I grab whatever I was doing. I just walked away. <laughs> like, I, and I, like, I, compl- I just turned around and walked away. And I didn't even think about it ever again until like a few hours later. I just went about my day. I went <laughs> to my gonna- bar. <laughs> This guy says, I didn't think about it ever again until a few hours later. Until two hours later. There's, that's not much of an ever, bud. All right. I didn't think about it again until about two hours later. I just went about my day. I went to my bar, started setting things up, unlocking things and taking out the peanuts and setting up all the alcohol and all that stuff. And I think I'm s- sitting nearby the bar and filling out some inventory stuff on my piece of paper. And then the, I can hear the game is about to get started. And the national anthem's going, and they start doing, like, you know, pyro's going off, all that stuff. The game's about to get started. And I don't know if you guys have been to a TFC soccer game before, but when they introduce, like, the starting lineup and stuff, they'll, like, say the player's first name, and everyone yells their last name. So I'm, like, playing along as it's going. And they get to um, the captain of the team, Michael, and everyone goes, Bradley, and I go, Bradley. I was staring at Michael Bradley this guy's, trying to like figure out who he was. This guy's got full on careless whisper stare at the captain of TFC. And now I'm mortified thinking that I was staring at this guy. And he probably thinks like this fucking guy, like this, like jabroni of a fan works yeah, here and is staring at me for some unknown reason. And then it gets worse because then it dawned on me that what I showed up to work in that day was a Michael was Bradley a Michael Bradley jersey. <laughs> so when I discovered that we were staring at each other for too long, or when I was staring at him for too long, and I turned around and ran away, look like a stalker. He would have seen Bradley right <laughs> on my back as I walked away. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty good. Well, 
officially now Michael Bradley thinks you're a stalker. He should have oh, been sure, like, for sure. dude, the quick way to end it would have been like, hey, kid, you want an autograph? He's just Brett, full on <laughs> Bret Hart in the hallway. Hey, kid. Or no, wasn't it Brett? Joe, wasn't it, no, wasn't it Mean Joe Green? The, oh, the yeah, but it, no, it was, a, it was a play on Mean Joe Green. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're right, though. It was Mean Joe Green first. Anyway. So before we do get into more topics, I just realized this, and I don't know if you guys saw my like bewilderment while you were telling that story. I was muted. The fucking World Junior uh, restart is today. What? Because the, the world the World Juniors got canceled in December because all these teams had COVID outbreaks. The restart right. is today. I did not know that was happening. I completely forgot about that they were doing it in August. So and there's only been Canada's four sexual assaults. Game is is August 10th uh, against Latvia at six o'clock. Well, if that isn't a transition to Hockey Canada, I don't know what is, but I, I didn't really want to start with that story. So we'll put a pause on that one. Um, unless you want to just get it over with now, like the, the Hockey Canada update. Yeah, um, we'll get over with that. Yeah, we can get it over with. I don't think we need more time on it. It's more of just something I guess was probably inevitable. All right, well, so Michael Brindamore stepped down as Hockey Canada's board chair earlier this week. And obviously all of this is based on the allegations that are surrounding the organization right now. I was going to say the team. They're not really a team. And what, I mean, I guess the criticism towards Hockey Canada and what they could have done or should have done or what they have done based on the allegations, because there's that whole thing about they have a fund set up to like fight these sort of yeah. allegations, which is all sorts of messed up. So, again, we've talked about this story a lot this over the past couple of weeks, and it's touchy because there's a lot of legal ramifications with this. But I think with the stepping down of Brindamore, I think is I think it's something he had to do because there needs to be a change, and whether that you believe that Brindamore in any way is responsible for any of it, someone has to like take the fall here and there needs to be change in order for there to be change. Something needs to change up top. The guy's still on the board. So nothing like he hasn't left the board. He's just left as the chair of the board. And this is the problem. Like the, the culture will never change. And you know what, to be honest, like they're, they're going about it the wrong way. Like hockey Canada is really close to the last possible step in the hockey journey where you can make these sort of tangible like effects on people right like the the real thing and what i hope to see is what their implementation is from a ground level like what are you teaching these kids at 10 what are you teaching them at 11 like what is hockey canada implementing as education in in their formative younger years before they get to this level and it's you know what i mean how how are they how are they prepping them as good citizens along as fantastic hockey players and good citizenship can't start at 18. Uh, it's got to start younger. And like we said, it's a hundred percent on the parents, but that doesn't mean that the organization can't take some responsibility themselves to ensure that their uh, program participants aren't, aren't getting the proper direction. Like, 
if they did nothing then somebody can come on back at you and say why didn't you do anything if they do something at the very 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 least they can say we have this system in place and that's you know we we do our best to educate them and that's that's what it comes down to yeah like i had two reactions an initial and then a a processed reaction i saw motherfucker stepping down chairman of the board I was like good something's happening whatever and then after time and thinking about it i feel like this was a lot of just lip service like as you said he's still on the board um what's what does that even do then so they put a new chairman in great the chairman's probably most likely a puppet for the rest of the board anyway and just the voice of their collective mindset so how does that change anything Realistic change would have been if they overhauled the board completely or at least 50% of it and brought in probably more diverse and younger kind of points of view um, to both, like you said, build a concrete and act I hate talking like this because it just reminds me of my day-to-day work, but an actionable plan to put in place to say, we've identified what the issue is and what... what is either missing or needs to be done and here's the steps we're going to take to root that out and then from there to build a solid foundation to ensure this never happens again and i think that just having some buttfuck step down from chairman of the board that doesn't do that or that doesn't show signs that that's what's going to be happening what i think they like i said they need to do is scrap half those assholes and probably bring in more people from like diverse backgrounds. Like this may sound really terrible, but, and it might be going to an extreme, but why not? Uh, fuck, his name's always on the tip of my tongue. Um, Corey Hirsch. Bring in someone like Corey Hirsch, who has gone through a lot of shit in his career, both through like mental struggles and things like that. Or bring in Sheldon maybe a Sheldon Kennedy. Bring in players that have suffered from this, that have played the game at the highest level, that can have a perspective both of a player who's trying to achieve at the highest level, but also went through some of this bullshit. Yeah. Like victims as well as people who are in the sport, right? Bring in some females on the chair on the board. Some of you know the hockey Canadian hockey is littered with successful females. In terms of players or things like that, you're telling me you can't get a few of those in there as part of a team or on the board? It's just, I don't know. To decide who stays on the board and who goes, they should have them all bend over and they should just jam them all with dildos in the butt and then whoever doesn't tap out gets to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever says, I can't take it anymore, you're off the board. Just a a huge ramrod. Prove to me you want to be uh, here. Prove to me this means something to you. There is actually two females on the board, for the record. Okay, but that's two out of how many? Just, um, he's going to be like, 36 one, two, people three, on the board. Four, five, six, there's, eight, there's eight of them. Okay. That's not so, enough. You're telling me like three or four of that? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I just think... No, I, it's, I, and I would love to ask those females questions about how how do you feel being on the board with all of this mm. like and if they say no bueno then the fuck like again 
when it's possible to be pressured when you are two of eight. And I think that's the problem. I think the problem is just that there's been poor balance. Um, and like old hockey think, right? We've said this before. Old hockey think is uh, it's kind of atrocious. Um, and that's oh, yeah, the old school hockey mindset is clearly a cancer. Yeah, it's hurt a lot of people. It It is interesting if you look at the members of the board like there's like headshots right so you take old white guy dudes. one old white I mean, guy two old white guy three there's, there's yeah there's the old white dudes the majority of them and then there's the two women and there's a brown dude with a turban it's like okay interesting <laughs> Some, yeah, something it, it smells just, like a token brown yeah, dude. The to he's the token brown dude i mean I, i'm glad he's there don't get me wrong it's just <laughs> yeah it, it, it always seems a little like hmm interesting like how come like diversity doesn't mean let's just bring in no a token i mean i'm not saying uh what's his name uh bobby sani i'm not saying bobby's not capable of doing this job at all i'm not i'm sure he's fine in his job i'm just saying it when everyone else on the board is still old white men that's still not diversity when the majority vote can still be an old white man vote that's still not diversity like diversity no, should be if Keep the old white man. I'm not saying like get rid of all of them, but maybe there's one or two. Maybe it's not half the board. Why not expand the board? Like if you if those guys want to stay and it's eight, why not expand it to twelve? And those four new people coming in are more diverse individuals and diverse backgrounds. You know, I would say what Hockey Canada needs, to be honest, is maybe one or two people that aren't hockey people. Right. Well, no, I agree. Like, and I think that's what a board is supposed to be. Like, your board isn't supposed to be all like old hockey players. Like, it's supposed to be guys from, like, who have done similar things for other sports and for other industries. And like, your board of directors can have, you know, like the CEO of Kraft Dinner. Like, it it doesn't necessarily matter of what they bring to the table from a hockey perspective. It's more of like what they bring to the table from a business perspective, right? But yeah, I I guess like to in my opinion, to sum it up is I don't see how this is any kind of tangible change or something that gives faith that there's going to be actionable change. But yeah, I hear you. Uh, but know who also wants some change. Uh, Kevin Durant. Oh, I was thinking Ferris yeah. Bueller, $2, like the, the change. Well, not, not that kind of change, but uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, recently, over the past weekend, uh, supposedly has laid down some sort of ultimatum to the Brooklyn Nets that it's either them or me was the sentiment that he was getting at. And by them, he means general manager Sean Marks and head coach Steve Nash. This, according to the Athletics, uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name right, so I apologize to uh, Shams. But Shams uh, Charania, I believe, is the name of the reporter from the Athletic who broke this story that... So originally, Kevin Durant had said, get me out of here. He had requested a trade. And that was like, what, like two, two months ago? It had to have been like just yeah, after the that. season ended, right? It must have been in June. And here we are in August, and nothing's happened yet. We're, I mean, I'm trying to follow as much NFL news as possible right now. Like We're right at that point where the NFL season's starting. 
And then right after that, the NHL season starts. And then right after that, the NBA, like we are coming up to the point where we're a month and a half, maybe even a month away before these guys are going to start getting together with their teammates and formulating a plan of how they're going to win their next NBA championship. By they, I mean <laughs> the players individually, not necessarily Brooklyn Nets. Because <laughs> they're um, not the Nets. <laughs> so I think what is happening here, and I'll let you guys weigh in on what your opinion is. I think what Kevin Durant's trying to do here is rekindle the fire of like, look, I want to trade. And I know you guys can say, well, we don't have to trade you. I think now you do. Or alternatively, what do you think is going to be more likely? Do you think it's more likely that Kevin Durant gets traded or that they end up making Sean Marks and Steve Nash resign? Like, are you actually going to fire these two guys? So is there a change in management or is there Kevin Durant going out the door? Uh, this is the way I looked at it. If, if you fire Steve Nash and the GM of the Nets and he's like them or me and you end up getting rid of them, what happens is what if in one month into the season, Durant's like, I'm still not happy. Get me the hell out. And all parties that you wanted to have in your organization are gone, right? You get rid of Durant, Nash and the GM probably stick around and they just say, okay, we're going to rebuild, right? Around Ben Simmons. <laughs> Listen, I read yeah, the other day that Ben ideal. Simmons is a jump shot away from being the best NBA player, the most complete NBA player, which if you think about it, it's actually true. The guy is all world defense. The guy is a hell of a distributor when he plays. He just can't shoot. That's, and play. Yeah, and, and actually and show, show up, up to time. play. But uh, you're right. I think you're right. Like The other thing, too, is getting rid of Nash and Marks does not get you pieces. No. Right? Like, trading Durant, you get to keep those guys and get multiple pieces back. So I think... You know, I know the old adage is like you fire your coach and and well and and then GM like those are the bullets you fire first. Um, but you can't get rid of them both at the same time. The team would be directionless, and I, that doesn't work in pro in pro sports. So yeah. I don't like well, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't again if he's no, just he, thinking he's it thinking as a way he to wants get to handpick his GM and handpick his coach. He wants to be LeBron. Right, but how well? And the thing is, how well did it work out for LeBron? Right? No, no well, offense to that guy. Yeah. He, he built a team of, they went thirty-three and something. So, I don't. It's, and who who's he going to recruit? Who does Kevin Durant think he's going to convince to go to Brooklyn? Well, who's going to want to play with him after this shit? Right. Like, who who does he think is going to go? They're all playing in 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 L.A. We think Steph Curry's going to leave the Golden State Warriors to go to Brooklyn. Right. Anybody he would want on his team or want to play with is is severely entrenched and engrossed in their own teams already. That they're exactly. not going to leave for shit. You think LeBron, like if he's like, hey, LeBron, let's do this. LeBron's going to be like, fuck you, I'm not leaving the Lakers. Yeah. And same with Steph Curry. Or, you know, I would say the one that would have been a possibility if you didn't re-up for big time money is Devin Booker. But no, he's staying in, you know, Phoenix. And... That's There's, what I mean. I, I don't see 
a tangible piece or a substantial piece that can go and win with him in Brooklyn, his only option if he wants to win, honestly, is he gets traded to either Lakers or Lakers, Suns, or Golden State again. Well, it also depends on what's coming back because if he gets traded to a team that we look at right now as contenders, but if they have to ship back to Brooklyn a huge piece of their offense, like they may not be a contenders anymore. Also right. true. Well, it's the same thing with the, with the deal with the Raptors where it, people were saying, oh, if it's you know, Scotty and Pascal and Ananobi plus like a couple picks to get Durant, so you're actively taking away what would be part of the collective that would make the team successful. Right. And there was, of course, all the rumors of the Raptors being in on a potential trade destination for Kevin Durant. And supposedly all these dis- or all the discussion around the trade with the Raptors began and ended with Scotty Barnes where yeah. the Nets wanted Scotty Barnes and the Raptors left and said, no, that's if, ridiculous. If, if you're in Imagine the pro, that. if you're in the pro Durant to the Raptors camp, like if you're on that team, this is the best thing that could have happened to you. Okay. So that's a good point. I was going to that, hold that thought. I want to frame this question okay. in that way. Sorry. With Durant saying this now, do you as a Raptors fan and both of you as Raptors fans, all of us as Raptors fans, do you want Durant more or less now? the way he has just kind of openly called out his GM and head coach, head coach who is kind of like basketball royalty in this country. Uh, I honestly, okay. Want and would it be successful are two different things. Do I necessarily want him here? No. Cause I think that his ego doesn't necessarily fit with how Masai and Nick nurse like to have this team be and think now would it work i think the difference is is with the foundation and stability that Masai and nick nurse have brought the bullshit that kevin durant regardless wouldn't fly you know they would work with them they would try to do things they would say you know they they made it work with Kawhi, who a lot of people kind of had some comments on you know what's his reliability his consistency and things like that so, and granted, I know Durant's a much bigger star and more pull and more weight, but at the same time, I think they've shown that they have such a solid foundation that a Durant here wouldn't rock the boat like it does in Brooklyn or potentially another place. Masai would take a dump in that man's gym bag if, <laughs> if he talked about it. There's no, yeah, there's no fucking way. I like again. I'm the same way. Like, do I necessarily want that kind of attitude here? No, but I also don't think it might necessarily be a problem because besides gangster is shit. Like, he was like fuck Brooklyn, and now he's gonna get Durant from Brooklyn. So if oh, Durant man, tries to, that. if Durant That's tries to yeah. attitude, he'd be like clip. fuck you. That's, if this trade oh, happens, hundred percent, you're gonna the, see that clip all over the place. The dude got the dude was assaulted by a security guard and was like fuck you, like. There's no way in a championship. Oh, he was ready to throw down with that guy. Do you think Durant's gonna? You think Durant's gonna tell Masai Ujiri how things go? Masai, no, Masai will, sees some shit. Right. That, he will ship that man to to the to South America somewhere or something if he talks back. There's no way. Congo. There's no way. So I don't. 
I don't know. I don't necessarily think that it would be a problem because I think I think they don't have time for his shit. So we'll see. No, they they would say we'd be a legitimate top three team in the East if you came here. No question. Legitimate top three team in the East. Say so you come here, we make it work, we have a chance to win. Or you come here, you cause shit, and you get shipped out to your fourth team in three years. And then the Raptors just recoup whatever assets they might have lost from Brooklyn. They're like, either way, we're coming out a win. We're getting a top three player in the NBA, or we're going to get a boatload of assets when we eventually deal you if you and people, shit. people also talk, you know, there's a lot of factors around Toronto that might change his tune. One, the Drake factor you can't ignore. Apparently, Drake runs the border, so... Uh, you know, he's clearly has an influence on something. And then Toronto's medical staff is, is highly regarded. And for a guy oft injured, uh, that's something to look at. If I was Durant, I'd be asking what the medical staff is like. And, you know, what, like, what are the, what, how do you say it? Amenities? Amenities. Amenities? Whatever. Amenities. Of the place but that again, I'm going like, to. It's not necessarily Durant's. Amenity choice right. right it is it isn't it isn't though in the in, in the nba it's different though guys can be on four-year contracts and decide where the hell they go no but i mean right? like he can if they trade him somewhere that's it um like they could trade they could accept a trade to the pelicans if they want and he's got to be a new orleans pelican the difference is he'll just sit and be like trade me i'm not playing that's the Sacramento. thing they, they pay nba players so much that if the guys are smart, they become super powerful because then they can just sit. They, they don't blow their money all in one year. They can absolutely just be like, fuck off. I'm not playing. Well, speaking of money, uh, there is a team in the NHL that didn't spend a whole lot of money and managed to bring back a couple of their big stars. And that's the Boston Bruins. <laughs> now, as I was looking at this earlier today, it bothers me. <laughs> it, it, it bothers me. But when, I look at Boston, when I look at Boston's payroll, and I know Patrice Bergeron is 37 years old, and I and know hey, David, David Krejci is 36 years old. It's slow as but, fuck. But they're still really good players. No. David Krejci... You don't think so? To, no, David Krejci is fine in the playoffs. Boston has to get there. Boston's going to miss Marshawn, I think McAvoy, and Pasternak till at least December. Bergeron and Krejci are not going to carry that team for two and a half, three months of the season. It's not going to happen. Their defense is not good enough. They don't have the scoring. They're not going to be able to do it. I don't know. I, I still look at this team and I see guys like Taylor Hall and like that. Is, was a sneaky pickup for them. And Taylor Hall could potentially reach what his potential is to be one of the all-stars in the league. He's only 30 years old. And, I mean, we were all crazy about Nick Felino when he came to Toronto for this like, seven games, whatever he played for the Maple Leafs. Now, obviously, he's not the score, like the 30-goal scorer that he was once before. But, like, if some of these guys catch on, like, I think Boston can tread water enough until they don't need to be the number one seed in the East. They don't need to be the number one seed in their division. No, 
but you're they're you're asking them to tread water in the Atlantic, where you have teams like Tampa, you have the Panthers, you have the Leafs, and not just that is you do play teams in the Metro more often than you do teams at West. That means you got to go through the Pens, you got to go through the Rangers, you got to go through the Caps, like. I remember in the mid to like later, like 2010, 2011, 2012, the Western Conference dominated for a long time. It's shifted. Now it's the teams in the East are, for all intents and purposes, more of a powerhouse than the Western teams. Then it's treading, you can't tread in this. It's, it's a sprint from the beginning for these teams. And if Boston isn't, top three teams in their division by the time these guys come back it's no because then you also have to remember these guys are coming back off injury without a training camp while all these teams are in mid-season form it's i i don't think it's doable the the real issue comes from the fact like you said it is that they're treading water and this does nothing for that franchise to simply tread water. They actually had an opportunity this year. This year, they have a young goaltender. Two, technically two. I don't know how old Linus Allmark is, but I don't think he's that old. But Swayman looks good. Swayman looks good. McAvoy, young. Uh, Pasternak, still young. Hurt. Uh, sorry? They're both hurt. No, but that's Swayman's what I'm saying. 23 and Allmark is 29. That's what I'm saying. That's good. Because what they could have done this year is the Colorado thing. Reset. Right. They could have done the Colorado the thing. Bed. Yep. And gone out, high draft pick, augment the system. Augment the system, a la Kale McCarr did for the Avalanche, and and hit it running next year. But these things, and I, you know, the Boston fans aren't going to run away from you for one year. They've been competitive for so long. They're not, they're not going to disappear. And even if they did... It takes, right one, it takes one draft pick to bring them right back. So I don't, I don't understand the mentality. Like, I don't see the belief behind them that they would be competitive enough to win. So at, the way the NHL is set up, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but because it causes tanking, is if you're not set up to compete, then you need you to figure to out. Or trade these guys for pieces right like trade some of the aging people for pieces like if i was them man what kind of return could you get for brad marchand like for real what kind of return to a competitive team would you get for that guy probably fairly high well you're probably getting a mid-level prospect and a first round pick for sure at least especially if it's if it's a team that is solidly in a playoff position that you know their pick is going to be 20 or lower or higher well, you, you know what you you're gonna it. get you're gonna get probably what comparable to what calgary got right like that's probably what you're gonna get so maybe a little less because he's older but it could be not less because you're going to a competitive team so that draft pick might be a little bit high so you don't you don't know so like i just also, think pastor uh, is going to be ufa so does he really want to come back too early risk longer term injury when he's going to cash in he's going to be easily eight nine million like that contract starts with an eight or a nine at least we know that yeah minimum and yeah, especially and imagine having a decent center like he's like not to say he hasn't 
because Bergeron is all world and he's the legendary center, but not the most offensive type center. Can you imagine he goes to a team where the center's first mindset is distribute and offense? That dude's going to put up 50, 60 goals. Also keep in mind that the Boston Bruins have uh, Jim Montgomery as their head coach. New head coach. Starting fresh, right? So, like, I think that's an interesting angle, too, where, yeah, Pasternak coming back, Marchand coming back, no training camp, brand new head coach. Like, could be could be interesting scenario. They're there for meetings, yes. They're there for video and schemes and setups and plays and right. set plays and shit. But they're like not that. on the but, ice, and that's, and that's again, another piece too, though. Even like you said, they're not on the ice. So what's Bergeron doing for half a season? Like technically, he signed then for half a season, right? Because if you don't have your full capacity of players, like let's not even look at this from the Bruins' angle. Let's look at it from Patrice Bergeron's angle. What are you? If you're just playing for an extra, how much was the contract? Like two million, two and a half million, one year. Is is you're just is it like is it just that he just wants to play hockey and he gets to make two million in the process? If so, more power to you. But like if you if you're going there thinking I'm gonna sign one more year and I'm gonna give it a try, well, your give it a try ain't happening until after December, right? Like and even then, that's an uphill battle. Like that's not even starting on even ground like you are in October. You're starting potentially, yeah. Bat, like you're you're there's a greater than 70% chance that you're starting behind the eight ball, that there's already going to be three or four teams ahead of you in your division alone, just your like, division, not even the entire conference. I can understand Krejci. That man wants to make bank before he retires, right? It's like a Coming, $1 million deal. Well, he's probably yeah, more than exactly the 20,000 he made. Standards. <laughs> he probably made more than the 20,000 he made at Olamuk HC in the Chechia league. All right. It's true. Uh, career earnings for David Krejci is around $70 million. Yeah. Like this one million for him is nothing. That's the other thing I don't get. And I get Bergeron's probably like loyalty to the Bruins. He was the captain. He's been there his entire career, blah, blah, blah. But if you're Bergeron and your desires to win, you could have easily signed for a million and a half and gone to play with someone like Sid in Pittsburgh, who you know really well, that is on a decent team as it is. Um, or do play one year for your Canadians. Yeah. Like if, if, if you're, I'm pretty sure you grew up a Habs fan, like go play a year. You've already won a cup. Mm -hmm. At this point, everything's gravy. Everything's gravy and, and cash money. Like that's. Oh, and he would have easily made 4 million in Montreal if he'd gone there. Right. He's got a gold medal. He's got two. Got a Stanley World Cup. championship. Plenty of solo hardware as the best two-way player in the league. World Cup. What, what more is this man? What more? Yeah, so it just it doesn't make sense to me. Like, if it's a love of the game thing, I get it. But then your love of the game can go to a team that's more competitive. Well, speaking of a team that should be more competitive and a team that also just shelled out a ton of money, Jonathan Huberto Sheesh. just signed a new deal <laughs> with the Calgary Flames. Um, eight years, $84 million, which is... Very interesting. If you look at the angle of Johnny Goudreau and everything that went on there, where he supposedly left money on the table in Calgary to go sign in Columbus, Ohio. And then shortly after that, Tachuk is like, get me out of here too. And then the narrative started to become, 
maybe no one just wants to sign in Calgary. I, we talked about that on this show where even former Calgary Flames players, Mike Commodore was saying, maybe we need to be asking what Calgary did wrong to not keep these guys here. Fast forward a week or so, and we see a new extension now for Jonathan Huberdeau at the tune of $10.5 million a season. Now, $7 million, at least in the first year, $7 million of it is signing bonus, so he's only getting like $3.5 million in actual salary. But in terms of cap hit, 10.5 for Jonathan Huberdeau. Now, it's interesting because it maybe erases some of the conversation of whether players want to play in Calgary or not, but maybe it doesn't because it's not like Huberdeau's played a single solitary game for Calgary, so maybe he's in for a rude awakening like a year into this contract thinking, oh shit, maybe I need to get out of here. But do you think Calgary's in a better position right now than they were at the end of last year? Still competitive. That's it. Like you brought up a good point when it's like, what did they do because to keep these guys? Because it's not like they were a bad team. They were arguably the best team in the country and a Stanley Cup favorite going into the playoffs. That it is the excuse can't be, well, the team was crap. And so they wanted out because they weren't. So I don't know. It's weird, but good on Huberto, man. Dude deserves it. But. Why can't Huberto play in Calgary because he wants to be close to home and Kachuk goes to Florida because he wants to be in the U.S. and Goudreau goes to Columbus because he wants to be in the U.S. So, like, that I mean, argue- Huberto grew up in Quebec. It's not really close to home in Calgary. He's probably Goudreau closer grew, to home in Florida. Goudreau grew up in New Jersey. That's not Ohio. Kachuk grew no. up in St. Louis and Arizona. That's not Florida. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if if part of their arguments was to go back to the U.S., then the argument can be just as valid that he wants to play in Canada for a Canadian team, and he's quite comfortable taking the money to, you know, see it. You know, they if you're Huberto, you know you're replacing one of Goudreau or Kachuk. So relatively speaking, they're only down a piece. Now it's a big piece, but. It's only a piece. They still have Markstrom and Net. You know, uh, you still have. Manji, they still have Manjapani. They Manjipani, still have Tyler Foley. They Tifoli. still have. Uh, all of, they did re sign Shillington. They have the uh, Monahan. They still have. I don't know if you said Lindholm, but Lindholm is incredible. Eli- Elias Lindholm, massive, right? Yeah. Like, they're, they're not. And we still don't know. Listen, I'm not going to claim to be fully educated on their prospect pool, but they got quite yeah. a high prospect back from Florida. So, you know, and if you're Calgary, you're looking at this There's like we have Seager. an right or Mackenzie Weger, and they got yeah they got Mac Weger back too. So there's another piece, right? Not necessarily the same offensive ilk, but uh, another strong piece after losing Good Branson, right? So you look at, and if you're Calgary, you're like we lost a heart. We lost a hundred point player and we got a heart contender back. Now both players arguably had their the you know once potentially in their career seasons. Uh, and we don't know if they can do it again, but hey, you I know, mean if you got Goudreau and Goudreau and Huberto had the same amount of points last year. That's <laughs> what I mean, right? Like we both had hundred and fifteen points, like So both heart candidates. So I don't know. I don't think they're any I don't think they're terribly worse. I still think they're at the same level, if not still slightly better than overall than the Oilers. 
I still think they finish ahead of the Oilers in terms of their overall makeup. I think top to bottom, they're a more well-rounded team, and they're definitely better than the Canucks. So, yeah, I mean, well, like, good. I think, think Trey Living did a great job. Well, out west, if you run it down like you said, are they better than Vancouver? Yes. Edmonton? Yes. Winnipeg? Yes. You know, and then that's just the Canadian Seattle. teams. And if you start looking at some of the U.S. teams, I still think they probably finish top two in their division for sure. Um, in the Pacific, I or yeah, I think though, offensively they may not be as not even necessarily worse. They'll be different because I think Huberto brings much more of a puck possession control, bigger style of game that Calgary likes where Gujo was quicker, more shifty, kind of creative in that sense. I, so I honestly think this could be the best thing for a guy like Sean Monaghan who kind of disappeared and people forgot about wrote him off. He's going to be UFA, but I think having someone like Huberto there will be the best thing for a guy like that. Um, and then also a guy like, you got to remember, Tyler Toffoli came in at the deadline and having a guy like Huberto being able to dish that dude the puck, you know, it's, I like where Calgary is. I don't necessarily think they'll necess- be as offensively good. Dude, but probably more well-rounded. We forgot they got Blake Coleman. Yeah, and they still have Mikhail Backlund. They have you know Chris Tanov on the back end, Noah Hannafin, and then and Rasmus Anderson. And if you think about it, they have well, two other prospects like Pelletier and Coronado. I think are the two of their top two forward prospects. And um, and then they have two point seven million still in cap space it's not listen it's not outside the realm of possibility that they're still not in the nazim kadri race so and i wouldn't be surprised if a signing like huberdo long term makes a guy like naz go okay yeah that's a good point i didn't even consider where kadri is going to end up and this you know what could be a great place for him listen all the hot rumor is still the islanders right now but I mean, if you're if you're Naz and they can find a way to move another three million Six out million. somewhere, oh, it'll be sick. that dude's getting at least seven and a half, eight. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It depends. There's uh, there's a reason he's taking so long to sign, and I don't know what it is. So maybe the guy's just chilling with a Stanley Cup hangover. But what happens is is people go get their guys, and then you're you're not the bell of the ball anymore. Right, like everyone's gone home, and you're still looking for a dance partner. So, and I mean, they also have Darth Vader too. So don't forget, don't forget that guy. They have Vladar. <laughs> I think they. I, I think you're onto something with Kadri. The, the cap space obviously is a bit of an issue with only like two point seven or whatever available to them. But, and and I know he's on a no trade and no movement, but. I can see someone being interested in Milan Lucic. And yeah. if you end up moving Lucic out, that's another 5.2 you can add to that 2.7. Then all of a sudden you have right around 8 million bucks you can use for Nazem Kadri. Sir. Yes, yeah, sir. They, that works. But Lucic is 
like a heartbeat, a heart and soul type guy for that team. So, so could be that guy too, right? Like, so yeah. that's something to consider. Uh, I bet who knows? Well, <laughs> this can go many different ways over the next few weeks, but it will well, be interesting to see where Nazem Kadri ends up yeah. and how the Calgary Flames. That's actually not a bad to... scenario because Lucic is a UFA. That's like so. Yeah. It's you send him in a pick because you know you're probably in win now mode. Man, that's that you're right, that's eight million dollars mm-hmm. plus whatever you're gonna cut, or guys may start on injured reserve. You may have a little bit more cushion because you obviously yep. have more information than anything we're gonna know, right? Yeah. So, I still just I can't believe that we're like three and a half weeks away from training camp. I'm just I'm giddy. You're just ready. I'm, I'm more. I'm more giddy ready. about. I'm more giddy about NFL football starting soon. Yo, which? We're, we're, yeah, I know. We talked about that earlier today, where we need to come up with some sort of NFL preview show. I don't know, and we all talk about this off air, but I think maybe it'll be a fun spin to do more of a fantasy football spin on it. Yes, and I agree, but we have to do it before I go because <laughs> I don't want to miss it. Oh no, it would it would have to be because you leave in end of September, like the the. Uh, season starts beginning of september right yeah yep so that's something we're going to definitely talk about and you know fantasy football is something that i think everyone who's a football fan happens to take part in and part of the reason why i have some of the jerseys that i have in my life is from fantasy sports and is that enough of an a reason to buy a, a jersey i don't know but so here's the thing as uh, you may be able to see, and I'm not sure if this is going to post on YouTube or not, but if you are able to watch this in video form, uh, you can see behind me, there are three jerseys hanging behind me. They are all Toronto Blue Jays jerseys, and that's mainly because it's Blue Jays season. Like Once we go into September, I may change this up and put a bunch of Baltimore Ravens jerseys up there. Or as we get into October, there may be some Maple Leafs jerseys up there, and there may be some Raptors jerseys, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It will change. But there is reasoning behind the players that I've chosen. And I try to stick to some of these rules, but as I've gotten older, it's gotten a little more difficult. So what I mean by that is, I've always tried to get a player older than me. And the reason for that is is mainly because I think there needs to be a line in the sand at some point. And I don't know if that's necessarily the most accurate line in the sand. There probably could be a slightly adjusted one, plus or minus X amount of years or whatever. But the reason why I thought there should be a line in the sand is that I always found it strange if you see an old man wearing a teenager on his back. I'm like, hmm, hmm. And I don't know. But it just seems a little odd to me. You know what I mean? Like if you go to a Leafs game and you see like, I mean, everyone at a Leafs game is an old white man. But like you see a guy who's like 65 years old wearing mitch marner jersey when he first came into the league i'm like that guy's like 19 years old and you're like idolizing a 19 year old it just seems odd like so, there's a, a weird disconnect there have you ever seen chris delia's incorrigible special on netflix i haven't but i heard he likes uh young girls so i've stopped uh <laughs> listening to anything that guy says so uh full disclosure um he doesn't uh what he doesn't happened? like young girls or he doesn't well, no, he doesn't like young girls. What happened was when he found out their age, he told them he was not having contact with them anymore. Uh, that's proven okay. and why he wasn't charged. But okay. uh, in, uh, in Incorrigible, he says, if you have the name of some dude 
on the back of your your shirt like a jersey or something that guy gets to fuck you because you <laughs> you have that guy's name like because he because he couldn't understand like he's not a sports guy so he couldn't understand like why you would have someone else's name on your back right it is weird behavior to a right? non-sports fan I when you say it when he says it like that he's like and he's his whole bit and you got to watch it it's actually pretty good is yeah that, that guy gets the fuck he's like imagine having wayne gretzky and he's just like gretzky skates up and he's just like fucks you and then he skates backwards he's like thumbs up as he's going away i'm like that's hilarious so yeah i just i guess i can see your thing like the 60 year old guy with a marner jersey would be kind of weird uh-huh. right so that's what i mean it's just a line in the sand i, I i've obviously have bent it a little bit because there's a marcus semian jersey there and I'm fairly certain he's like a couple years younger than me. So, so you wouldn't get a Matthews it, jersey? It, I do not own a Matthews jersey. And I, yeah, I don't you think wouldn't I ever get would. one. No. I think that's a bridge too far for me. Hmm. Interesting. My Maple Leafs jerseys that I bought recently were Patrick Marlowe, uh, Joe Thornton, and I have a John Tavares. Now, Tavares is probably three or four years younger than me, but the, it's still in that gray area where I think it's okay. Now, age aside... And I think I understand that's a bit more like ridiculous on my side. Here's one that I don't think is ridiculous. I think is it should be a non-starter for all of you. The name on the back of the jersey needs to be a guy who's played for the team before. Oh, I've seen that. I saw a Messier. What was it? I saw a Messier jersey from another team. and I don't remember what it was. It was on a well, broadcast not even just for like TV. Per, like actual other hockey players. I mean, a, if you were walking around with a jersey that said Key, or if uh, I was walking around with a jersey that said Perry, like, nope. Cut. Nope. Not allowed. You, you don't play on the team. Name. The only time that's allowable is if it's like a kid under the age of like eight. Okay. Very valid point. And let's also preface all of this by saying children not man. included in this whole thing and girls are not included in this whole thing. Girls can wear whatever the hell they want. I'm not going to comment on how women dress. Okay, <laughs> this man is girls can wear whatever they want. I don't grenades. care. I'm also not like it, you'll be that like gatekeeper guy of like, no, you can't like sports. Like I like sports. Like girls do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Yeah. We're talking about other grown adult men. They're grown adult men who are fans of teams. Yes. So so yeah, it has to be a player from that team. So you can't put your own last name on it. Yeah, I think so. I see people, I, I don't know if this is just maybe they met them and had like a great interaction or maybe it's like a family member. That's okay. Like I get it. But like the dudes who get really obscure fourth liners that were here for like four weeks. <laughs> the Martin Merchant Jersey guy. Yeah, like, guy, you know there's a dude out there that's not family or any relation. He <laughs> really likes Martin Merchant. Or they just want or, the jersey because it's fucking weird. Yeah, like, the, like where they get it because it's just weird. And I'm like, bruh, unless you're getting these from China, these things are very expensive. Names on jerseys, minimum 275 for a lease jersey. So like, you're going to spend that on a Martin Marincin jersey. I have a Tyler Bozak jersey. That's different. Bozy was a heartbeat guy for this team. Bozak was like the top line center when he played with Phil Kessel. So yeah, like back in those days with the 08, 09, 10 teams, there wasn't a lot of so, options for good Maple Leafs jerseys. Like you had your Phil Kessel jersey and JVR. Got, I have this, them both. This guy has a Luke Shen jersey. You have both the 25 I, and the 21. Yeah, I have a, 
81 and the no i have the 21 jvr and the 81 kessel um and i have a number two luke shen with that luke shen jersey is their outdoor game jersey wasn't it i think so yeah yeah granted like let's be honest though like luke shen was dealt a raw hand here like i feel bad for that dude you know he's a fifth overall pick he probably should have gone back to junior or to the minors for a bit for a season or two especially as a defenseman and they just threw him right in but again i digress i think like with i agree with your points about he had to have played for the team you can't get your own name on the back but i also think like ironic player name jerseys are stupid like i said the martin marinchin one where you just do it out of like satire what drives me nuts more than you're having your own name on the back of the jersey is your own name with 69 as the number that's the yes. worst because it's always the guy who's never 69 in his life and never will like it's always the guy who has zero chance like won't even get to 68 7 60 <laughs> let alone 69 there's no way that's the I worst say, i will say this one of the best ones i've seen was i think it was not an, an angels jersey baseball jersey and the number on the back was 69 i was like oh here we go but i read the name and it made me laugh and if it can make me laugh because it's genuinely funny whether it's kind of untoward or not whatever but it said 69 and the name was aidas and i'm like okay this guy go ahead what about okay what about this guys who wear jerseys of dudes who were on the team in film so like uh when we were at the sports card expo we saw a guy with a cleveland indians jersey and roger yes. dorn on the back which was fucking that's awesome totally fine 100 okay. acceptable yes like rick wild thing vaughn that's okay. more acceptable than than dustin getting a jersey of like nick robertson yes because he's like a younger player on the team like that because that holds legitimate place nostalgia not just as a sports fan but as like entertainment movie so guy. who is justin timberlake's character in love guru <laughs> get that guy oh name. yeah the french goalie is like they he like they quebec pancake what about uh chiefs jerseys from Slapshot? yeah yes no that's okay because that's that's a fake team with the players on it. like that's acceptable because that's movie memorabilia that's not sports memorabilia okay so that that brings up an interesting point then where they can be worn then because would, would you wear in that my to opinion i would never wear a hockey sweater anywhere than i was going to the hockey game or like a bar for like a big game if it's like a playoff game and you're all going, like the whole bar is going to be there. Regular season, fans, you can't wear the jersey at a at a restaurant. You can't oh, walk. Pre, you no can't, preseason jersey wearing guy. No, you can't. No, be that you guy. can't moonwalk into a Boston pizza wearing a jersey during game twenty five. That is not, not no bueno. I agree. I, I yeah. I think there, especially for hockey sweaters, like that's a very. It's unusual thing to wear at any time it's overt basketball jerseys are part of fashion like hockey sweaters are not like even football jerseys i would argue are part of fashion more than hockey sweaters because they're just so overt baseball are baseball you could wear as like almost like a t-shirt if you really wanted to and you like shorts some nice sneakers and a baseball jersey and a hat you can get away with and just be like all right cool like 
I would fucking rock a, a Griffey Mariners jersey. I, like if I'm just going to lunch on a patio on like a Sunday in the middle of June or July, I, yeah, like, I would do that. Totally enough. undone. Yeah. Glad it was June or July. Couldn't well, be August. August is too hot. <laughs> August <laughs> is too hot. I'm not sitting on no patio this month. So I'm going to name my jerseys and I want you to tell me whether they're like okay to own or not okay because I got some really fucked up jerseys. All okay. right. So I have a Ken Griffey Jr. Jr. Mariners jersey, white. Hold on, though. Explain. You don't Chinese. Have, it's bootleg. It's bootleg, but you would okay, never I, know. I, I'm under the, the assumption every single one of James' jerseys no, are bootleg. They're not. The hockey no. ones aren't. The hockey no. ones aren't. And the football ones, uh, except for Zach Wilson isn't. Okay. Um, so in football, Darrell Revis, New York Jets. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. As a Jets fan, I'm, I can see why you would like that. Yes. Brett well, he's Favre. also best cor- one of the best corners in history. Brett Favre, I mean, New York Jets. He's no Ed Reed, but okay. Brett Favre, New York Jets. Did Ed Reed have an island named after him? Yeah. No. He did have two Super Bowl rings, so yeah, whatever. Listen, I didn't Revis have one with the Pats? Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Not um, with the Jets. <laughs> I have a Brett Favre, New York Jets jersey. I like that one because yes. I like it's similar to like my Joe Thornton Maple Leafs jersey where yeah. he'll never be remembered for like Favre will never be remembered as a Jet. No, God tier move is getting a Favre Vikings jersey. Yeah. That is a God tier troll yeah. move. Right in the face of the, the Packers. But and then next, my shout out to my boy Shane Smith got me a Tim Tebow Jets jersey. Yes. I mean, it's still fine because uh, Tebow was like transcendent of a star from the NFL. Well, also too, because it's like a religious experience wearing that jersey, right? Like it's <laughs> like you're worshiping some kind of higher power. How many people do you think have walked into a church in the southern part of the United States wearing a With Tim it? Tebow jersey? Lots. At least, at least 175. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'll take the over. Um, <laughs> and then I have Matthews, Bozak. And that's it. I think the rest of mine are blank. Oh, now Zach Wilson. Oh, and I have a a Jota Jota, um, Liverpool jersey. I really want to get a Team Japan hockey Kenta Wakabayashi. (laughs) From from NHL. (laughs) From NHL 2007. (laughs) Just... I like that. See, to me, that's okay because that wouldn't be an expensive jersey. It'd be funny. But like, whatever. where's the inside joke line? Where does that? He's looking up Kenta Wakabayashi. Um, <laughs> I'm not, but there was a guy in MLB, uh, MLB like 2005 or something that took the place for Barry Bonds and got all his stats. Oh, really? That would be a killer I'm jersey to get. That would be a sweet jersey. So where does the line draw at the inside joke? Like, yeah, like like when it's like for the heads, and you're like, oh, I get that, that's funny. I, what is like, the inside like joke versus like you're just an idiot? What would the inside joke be? Or how about this? You want to know what's super super no good? Getting the jersey of the guy that you think you're gonna draft, and then you yes. don't like Habs Shane Wright jerseys. Oh, how about that, that? Was awesome. All the Shane Wright jerseys, and then they draft. Slavkovsky, Slavovsky. Yeah, I didn't want to butcher his name, but that—that that to me is acceptable buying that jersey. That's arrogance. But it's hilarious when it doesn't pick out, and also too because it's the Habs. 
because they were so dead set on getting this guy. And all the fans were like, yeah, Shane, Wright." Like seeing the photos and the videos of him coming off the bus and they're all like cheering his name. He's and he's signing, signing the jerseys. He's signing yeah. those jerseys. How much do you, do you think those things would be worth more worthless. or less? Worthless. Nothing. Imagine if I had a Sidney Crosby Leaf signed jersey. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> right? See, that's it. And that's what's funny too. To think of- like different Paul D. Francesca, you mentioned that earlier. He messaged me today with because I showed him my jersey hookup, and he's like, "They have Mike Piazza Italia jerseys," and he's like, "I'm getting one." <laughs> this man's so this. Italian. I think I think Jersey Jersey fandom gets like crazy when people want to get certain players because I think they identify with some of these like no names, obviously the Austin Matthews, the Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley's shit like that. But then the guys that romanticize players that weren't great, but they get the Jersey anyway. I remember back in the day, I saw a couple Gary Volk jerseys and Gary Volk Leafs jerseys or Chad Kilger Leafs jerseys. Because what happens is, especially with the Leafs, it's the easiest to identify for myself is you get these like fourth liners that make like three big hits in a season. And then everyone's like, oh, he's the best. And they go buy his jersey and then they cut him. And it's just like, but they romanticize the three games that this guy had. Like that bothers me. Yeah, it happens. My Jays, it's a gamble. I had a, a Strowman jersey for the Jays. I had a Donaldson jersey for the Jays. Both went to the Sally Ann. Uh, when, they, when they left, <laughs> I was done. I was absolutely done. See you later. Goodbye. They went before even, they went. They went with them when they got traded. Same day. I don't want to start the, on Marcus Stroman because I know that would be <laughs> a very heated discussion between yeah. Dustin and me. <laughs> Because we've had it before. <laughs> yes, we'll we have that. had this heated discussion before. Where Maddie's not a fan, and I am a fan of Marcus. It is uh, no, the dude. The dude's such a big uh, head. He's no, done nothing. Not today. We left. Yeah, this uh, is not the, <laughs> not the place or not the time. Yeah, to go over this. Maybe that's the discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What about you? Like, what's your kind of like other vibe on Jersey things? Like, they can't just be guys that are older than you. Like, like can't be yeah. like. Like I have a Matthews football. jersey, like, and I'm like I'm ten years older than Matthews. You got a football but jersey? Like, that, that guy's iconic. No, I get it. Like so, there's other. Mainly to me, it, it mainly does start with it, they are older than me. But like that wasn't hard to find when I was younger, right? Yeah. When I was like now that I'm like I'm 35 years old, it's a bit more difficult to find that, especially, you know, most professional athletes now kind of peak in their 30s and they're kind of done by then. So if I think about like my football jerseys, they're all Baltimore Ravens. So it's like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Um, and I, I think I got a Mark Ingram one recently too, which I think I bent the rules on that one as well, but maybe I didn't. So yeah, you wouldn't and get And actually Mark, there's, there's a T-Sizzle as well, Terrell Suggs. So uh, a lot of defensive players for the Ravens, which makes sense because Baltimore has always been like a defense, yeah. defense first uh, team. And then I have a bunch of TFC jerseys, and it's Michael Bradley, as uh, previously <laughs> mentioned on this show. There's a Jose, uh, Josie Altador. There was there's a there's a Pozuelo one that I have for some reason. Um, basically, anyone who was like a meaningful part of that championship run in 2017, I tried to get at least one of those. Jonathan Osorio, I got one of those. What about Javanko? Uh, Javanko, I didn't have. 
Um, but Osorio I got because he's a Brampton guy. So I thought that was a fun connection. Okay, wait, what and about getting is... the jersey now? Okay, because you don't have a Javenko. What about getting a current jersey with an older dude's name on it? Like from like Okay, a... so that's that's a good point. And I always I should say always. Now looking back, I wish I got a Roy Halliday jersey. Like I wish I had like the black one, even though everyone shits on that jersey design. I have that jersey. It. I have it. I didn't mind that jersey. I agree. I think it, it gets. I'm gonna go get Halliday's name on it for you. I'm gonna keep it, but I'm I'm gonna do it. <laughs> In honor of Dustin, I'm gonna get Halliday yeah. put on this jersey and keep just it for to, myself just to show you. <laughs> In any event, yes. Yeah, so I, I I wish I would have got either. I mean, definitely that one, and I kind of wish I got that. a Frank Thomas one. Just because, like, the, what about Delgado? I mean, sure. Like, I mean, there's so many great Blue Jays players. But what I'm saying is, I. I don't like taking Halliday's name and putting it on a current Blue Jays jersey. Yeah. Like, he never would have worn that. So I, I like to try to keep it somewhat true. Not somewhat. I like to keep it 100% true to the yeah. same style of jersey that that player would have worn. So if yes. you're getting, like, a Cooperstown jersey or a Hardwoods Classic jersey, or I don't know what the NHL calls theirs, but... If you're getting one of those legacy style jerseys, I feel like it needs to be the same style that they would have worn when they played for the team. Yeah, that makes sense. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm just curious of the rule of like wearing the jersey of a dude you just stare down like he's a piece of meat. But <laughs> what uh, I haven't come up with that rule yet. So let's let's go down. You can never wear it again. To put like a little bow on this. Go down. What's if you were? What's your next jersey? What's your jersey chase? Like, what would be the next jersey you would like to buy, or what is the one jersey you'd like to acquire that you haven't? Before we do this, do one of a player that's not currently playing in their sport, and one that's currently playing. Like, disregard the younger or the older younger rule, Dustin, because obviously there's players that I'm sure you like that you're like that'd be awesome. But like, take one of a former player that you don't have, and one of a mm -hmm. current player in any sport that you want to get. So one that I don't have of a player that does not play anymore, Roy Halladay for me is the one. If not, if since I've already said that one, Frank Thomas would also be a really mm -hmm. cool one. Like those, the black Frank Thomas jersey would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Something that I have had my eye on, and I haven't pulled the trigger yet, and I don't know if I will. And it's not even a Toronto player. And so this would be a, I mean... Other than like my Baltimore jerseys, but like I consider that my home team. Other than Baltimore, like this would be the only jersey I own that is like not the home team. Uh, I was I've had my eye on a Shohei Otani Angels jersey. Right, I don't know cool. if I will end up getting that, but that's cool. I think, and the reasoning for that, I don't know. In our lifetime, we will ever see another player like Shohei Otani. You won't. No, no. Where he is in the, I mean, at least last year in the conversation for Cy Young and won the MVP, MVP as yeah. an offensive player. Like that is unheard of in the past hundred something years. Like no one since Babe Ruth has played as well in both pitching and hitting as Shohei Otani has. And I think that would be cool to have just because I don't know again in our lifetime we'll ever see another and guy. And there's like still him. time. Like he's still yeah. young if he doesn't blow it his shit. And he could be a blue jay in a couple years. So yeah, yeah, he could still throw heat and crank dingers for a while. So you no, that's have? cool. What about you, Jim? Bro, you go. No, you go. Um, I guess like I've been really into classic basketball right now. So like, 
any of the I guess Jordan like a nice Jordan jersey would be nice if I could if I could acquire a retro one from the time I think is is what I would want to do I don't think I'd like to get like the hardwood classics or whatever you, you were mentioning I would like to find one from those years the black um, bulls Jordan jersey would be sick not like the red or the white the I black want the one. red I mean honestly all of them look good like I'm with you do. that I the black one looked really cool and the red one is like more of what you think of Jordan as wearing yeah. but even if you got the white one like that's still classic man the like if you didn't have a choice and it was gifted to you you'd still be ecstatic all the iconic sure. moments happen in red and then I guess like as a, a 1b would be a Kobe jersey but it's hard with Kobe because it's like do I get eight or 24 I think eight but that's, that's what makes the decision difficult. But for current, oh, you get one, you get like twenty four in gold and eight in purple. It's not a bad idea. Um, but, but I gotta buy two jerseys. Then they're definitely coming from China. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> current, I think uh, I've been a big fan of Luka Doncic, so I really want to get a Luka jersey. Um, that guy, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a, a Husky white dude dominate basketball. Uh, as much as that guy does, so gives hope to all the Husky white dudes who want a ball. Uh, Luka Doncic. Okay. I saw a picture of him chugging beers before a game. <laughs> he was just like giving her before. You know what? If you're if you're MVP caliber and putting up that kind of numbers and shit like that, you do whatever the fuck you want. Man, almost single handedly ran over uh, the Phoenix Suns, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. He had that death stare to Devin Booker, which was that was my jam. For sure. Um so for me, yeah, Kobe would be on that list. Um the the navy-ish greenish blue Griffey Mariners jersey would be on that list for me. Um I always thought that was that's such a nice jersey when they wore that with the white pants and like that was a good look, I think, for me. And Griffey is arguably my all-time favorite baseball player. Um, but yeah, Kobe isn't obviously given dudes a legend. Um, for f- I'm trying to think of like, if there's any football players that I would really, really want. Um, I think Ocho Cinco would be cool just for how that dude is just outside of football and some of the stories. Uh, definitely Deion Sanders Cowboys jersey. I would love a Deion Sanders Cowboys jersey. Navy blue or the white, don't care. Um, and then current athlete, um, that's on, that's honestly like a really hard, like I would say like Jamie Ben Dallas stars Jersey would be really cool. I'm a big Jamie Ben guy or, um, football. I don't know. Football's tough. Cause there's so many players that I, I genuinely like, but I'd probably go Trevor Lawrence in the Jags, the Jags black Trevor Lawrence Jersey. I so badly want the Jags to do well. Yeah. Just because, you know, the AEW connection. And I think for a lot of wrestling fans, like you're inherently becoming Jacksonville Jaguar fans. So it would be nice to be able to have a superstar player that you'd want to get a jersey from Jacksonville. That's all I'm saying. So you're not just walking around with a, a Lawrence jersey. Like the kid might do great at some point. He hasn't proven anything yet, but like at some point, he may be an, an incredible quarterback. But it would be nice to get a superstar-like jersey for Jacksonville. Quick question. Are you guys going to AEW? No. Uh, maybe. My- I'm still trying to find a way to get myself booked on AEW. <laughs> I don't think that's actually going to happen. But um, through my work, I can probably get box seats. So I may look into that. 
No, my buddy was asking uh, if like you guys were going. My buddy Brandon was asking if you guys were going or if I was going to go. So I just figured I'd bring it up now because I know he listens to this too. So there's your answer, dude. Well, I think it's our favorite time of the week. It's time to give credit where credit is due, and it's time to shout out someone. Everyone's favorite part of the show, it is time for shout outs. It is time for us to acknowledge someone or something that we have we that we feel should be acknowledged for whatever reason that may be. I have one in the chamber right now, but if you guys want to go first or I'm okay with that. No, go first. All right. My shout out goes to the wrestling fans in London, Ontario. As we discussed at the top of the show, Smash Wrestling made their return to London, Ontario this past weekend. And let me tell you, James, Maddie, I got what was called a Road Warrior pop when I came through that curtain. All right. <laughs> These people love me for some unknown reason. I don't know why. But uh, I, I mean, I'm sure it was more to do with the fact that the show was starting and there hadn't been a, a show in that building in a number of years. But I'm going to pretend like it was a pop for me. So <laughs> London is always uh, the, the wrestling fans in London are always very gracious to me whenever I'm there, whether it's for Smash Wrestling or with Greek Town Wrestling. And I'll be there in a couple of weeks for Greek Town Wrestling when they return to London, Ontario. Um, but it's always just a really cool place to go. London Music Hall is awesome. Uh, the fans have, are with the, the event, like from the opening bell to the final bell. Like they're they're loud all night. They're right there with you. There's even dudes in the parking lot who are like tailgating and they got a little barbecue set up and they're like having burgers and hot dogs after the show and there's like awesome. wrestlers leaving the building and you see them like giving hot dogs to wrestlers it's like this is this I is mean, like the weirdest environment and i love it in the weirdest and the coolest way so after a show getting like a hot dog or a hamburger you're probably really hungry that's probably the greatest feeling on the planet i mean you're just one yeah. handshake away from a payday there you go. <laughs> yeah. it, it definitely adds to the experience. So I appreciate the wrestling fans in London, Ontario. And that's my shout out for this week. Jim. My shout out is to Jason Newstead for sticking to your guns. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my shout out is actually to um, Metallica is a better band for the record, but okay. uh, it says you, uh, San Anger sucked. Um, <laughs> I, I I maintain that Saint Anger is not a bad album. It's not as bad just as that it, the, it wasn't. It's not as bad as people are saying. Like Saint Anger is a banger. It came yes, out. Of, it the came drum out of tuning time. is really really weird, and that snare drum needs to die in a fire. Yeah, but they had some it some kind of monster. Weird, is also, good track. It came right? at a weird time. If you if you remove the Metallica name from that album and say listen to this metal album from like the early two thousands, yeah. People be like, wow, this is this is a cool idea. This is yeah. different. This sounds, you know, whatever. Um, no, my sh actual shout out is um, I'm going to circle back to my team, the New York Jets, who had their green and white scrimmage game, uh, and they gave the last touchdown uh, of the game to uh, a young person by the name of AJ who has cerebral palsy, and they got to run in the last touchdown to end the game. Uh, Zach Wilson handed off. Uh, which was Very a cool, cool moment to see. And I love to see sports teams. And listen, some people might out say oh, there it's just for optics or whatever, but try and tell that little kid that it's just for optics. Like that's, that's something they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. And 
you know, fuck, I'm 37 years old, and if I got a handoff from Zach Wilson and everyone let me into the end zone and I got to celebrate, I'd be fucking elated. So the well, fact, sorry, like you said, you said it's like it, it's for optics. People could say it's for optics, but I think that's like the cynical view. And I'm a very cynical person, and I still love that shit. Yeah, because like you said, it's it's not about whether people can say, oh, the team's doing it for publicity or good optics or whatever. Remove all that. Because yes, that might still be there, but at the end of the day, that kid still has a memory that's going to last him a lifetime as a Jets fan and no matter what, that if it makes one person smile, who gives a fuck what the reason is? Right. And so my shout out is to them because I'd never seen something like that before. Like it was really unique. Um you know, in the green and white game I heard was general admission of the scrimmage. So you could go in and just park your ass down wherever you wanted. Um, you know, you got to see firsthand some of the new Jets like Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner who look fantastic. Uh, and this is just the icing on the cake. So really stoked for this year, the Jets. And I think that was a great way to kick it off. I like that. That's a good one. Me, I think obviously this is a sports podcast, but I like to deviate my shout outs from sports from time to time, just because I think, you know, is it Jason we obviously we have a lot of interest. <laughs> what? Is it Jason Newstead? <laughs> I to be honest, I don't even know who the fuck that is. <laughs> I'm not the, a Metallica guy. He was the basis right? for Metallica. No, no, I know, but like I'm just saying, like I'm oh, okay. not averse to who he is. It could be Tom DeLonge. No, mine is to Leslie Grace because I truly feel bad for this girl who filmed an entire movie. Batgirl supposed to come out not theatrical it was supposed to then going to be on hbo max but then hbo is like fuck you and whatever and i just i don't know i i feel for her. she was really hyped everyone was really excited for this movie and you know getting to play you know being an actor is fantastic getting to play an iconic superhero or and i part of you know a fandom like that it's it's a different breed and only certain people are able to take it on really embrace it and really run with it and you just got to feel for this girl who is probably super hyped to have this movie come out and now it may never see the light of day and i don't know you just kind of got to feel for her so i just want to shout out to her because i'm sure she you know put everything she had into that so that's my mm -hmm. shout out all right and that's everything we have for this week so thank you for joining us on another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. Thank you for following. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for commenting on our video that's going up on YouTube, I believe, at 43.6. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, see how it goes. Maybe next not, week. Thumbnail. If not, we will see you next week. Perhaps on YouTube. Perhaps not. Thanks again. See you.